I had died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made it on the air. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's a little rough out of context. It's a good way to a dark, kind of a dark way to start. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 268. We don't have a topic. Right, we've changed formats. We don't have a topic. We're gonna we're gonna explore a few topics. We've been talking about them during the pre-show. Let's go around the room real quick. Get everyone introduced. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Dan Wamsley. I am a code wrangler at Automatic. Um, yeah, I work on a lot of different things: um, Jetpack uh, and sort of site performance stuff, and analytics around growth and product usage and partnerships. Um, and yeah, lots of different things in classic automatic fashion. Awesome. Good to have you on. Thanks. How about you, Mr. Cosper? Tell us about yourself. Hey, I'm Jason Cosper, and you're not. Uh, I am the senior performance engineer at, uh, at oh, wow, I almost said my oh, old said it. Liquid Web. Snap. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. Um, I'm the senior performance engineer at Liquid Web. And um, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now before I say anything else. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, at least you didn't say like one of your other jobs that you had from even further back, right? That would have been that would have that would have been really crazy. <laughs> Russ, how about you? Web Dev Studios and whatnot. Hey, what's up? I'm Russ. I'm I'm the lock adder and bagel cream cheese spreader over at WDS. Um, <laughs> um, I just do WordPress support, man, and and I'm excited to see what topics we have for today, man. Awesome, awesome. Good to have you on. Steve, so who are we killing today? <laughs> I am, uh, wow, sometimes should, uh, so there's the things that should remain up here. Uh, I'm Steve Zengen. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive. I run the OC WordPress Meetup, and I'm also the lead organizer of WordCamp Orange County, which is coming up on June 9th and 10th. Awesome, man. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. And I do another show on WP Water Coolers Network called WP Blab. We do those on Thursdays. We talk about social media stuff. And we actually did a post just recently for a call for experts. You know, I, I'm... Why am I on? <laughs> No, but I, I put out a post saying, "Hey, I'm looking for I'm looking for awesome folks that are social media and um, and marketers and those types of folks that typically don't get to speak about these sorts of things with WordPress and have them come on the show and really talk about how they're using that with WordPress and whatnot." So, <clears throat> feel free to go take a look at that over on our website. Um, so one more quick one more quick plug. Today is the last day to submit uh, a speaking session for WordCamp Orange County. So if you haven't done it yet and you don't do it by midnight tonight, uh, you're SOL. You can look up the acronym if you don't know what that stands for. <laughs> is that is that the question? The first question on the uh, thing is, what <laughs> are is you SOL? <laughs> So um, during the pre-show, we were we were kind of discussing a, a few different topics to kind of get this figured out. Um, one of them was uh, was Gutenberg. Do you do, do you guys want to talk a little bit about some of that? Maybe we can jump around between that and the other topic we're coming up with. Also, there's a key topic, right? There's a bunch of changes within Gutenberg. Um, having um, you know the backend um, kind of infrastructure of Gutenberg has been um, kind of updated and had made some changes and have been uh, new updates have been pushed out for that. What have you guys heard about that, and how are you feeling about it? Uh. <laughs> you don't know how much? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, wow. I have my first, first real-world experience with Gutenberg today, or so rather yesterday, 
okay. with writing that a call for experts and just kind of digging through how that works and um very interesting stuff i mean even looking through some of the things that um that were discussed on wp tavern regarding it um you know just kind of seeing how blocks randomly appear and different things disappear and that sort of stuff but you know all in all it's the the markup is there and things are are working well once you know the gutenberg um comments and all those things that are wrapping around the the, the text you know works um i i hey. i'm i'm still not 100 percent sure yet I am seeing people, you know, releasing products already uh, around Gutenberg. Uh, I got an announcement that Organic Themes actually has a theme called Block, uh, which is a oh, Gutenberg ready theme. Yep. Organic Themes, huh? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll post a link. So, so, so one thing that I just started playing with is being able to share like nested blocks. Um, I, I was actually kind of worried that you couldn't do that before, and and with one of the latest change logs, uh, like that's something where now we can share it across multiple screens and not have to keep rebuilding it. So like that's the biggest thing for me so far. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it seems to me like with Gutenberg, like there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on simultaneously that kind of, in a sense, are like masking some of the progress they've made because like there was a there was a long period of time when the kind of experience that Gutenberg was actually going to create was sort of up in the air, right? Like it was like, okay, we know we're going to have blocks, but like, what is it like to add a block? What is it like to reorder blocks? What is it like to uh, edit the properties of blocks? Where should all those things be displayed? Where's the publish button? And all that, like, it's easy to forget like how many problems have been solved in Gutenberg now. And like, now they're kind of bringing in what is the developer experience and then getting plugins on board with kind of using that and, and these other things. But, um, it's like this is all possible now because like that core editing experience is there and that now it's obvious what is a bug right like because the behavior is sort of well understood so we can tell when it's misbehaving the um, the, the the block theme that i mentioned earlier actually looks like blocks squares all over the screen so blocks yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't mean everything's just going to be squares placed all over the screen now sure. um and that's a, that's a, that's a design choice yeah this this there's like subtle nuances that keep showing up just like just like little signals like this block is locked or this block is ready to be reusable just subtle little things like that like i i was worried that like how are you going to identify things and i think now we're we're getting a better view of like what the tiny mc probably should have been from the start and, yeah. and like I'm, I'm very happy with it like as much crap as it's been getting in in, in the press i really think it's going to be better man I've definitely seen, you know, like obviously there's like a process for Jetpack to sort of like, you know, bring like all of our features to be sort of as Gutenberg friendly as possible. And there's some really cool stuff that you start to see emerging where it's like, oh, you know, like the social media icons and stuff. Like uh, right now, the way that they're rendered is like they, they're kind of attached to the bottom of a post. So when a post is rendered, like we attach the buttons and you select which post types the buttons want to be on. But now that you have these reusable blocks and everything's a block in, in, in Gutenberg, you can sort of turn them into a block and then suddenly you can create these templates where the social media icons can be above the post for this type of thing or beside or below or all these different things. And so like um, you can start to sort of really have tons more flexibility and they're not just going to always be below the post but above the comments. You, and and that's not necessarily a good thing, 
right? And and and, and here's why. Um, you know, putting a design tool in the hands of a non-designer uh, can you can end up with uh, poor results, right? You can end up with with, with you know bad UI, um, um, confusing, uh, and inconsistent pages throughout the uh, theme. And it, you yeah. know, it it it's it's nice to have that flexibility, but you want to be careful when those things get into the hand of somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it's it's like it's a double-edged sword, right? Because right now, like, you know, I mean, anything that puts content below the post, it's always going to be below the post, right? Um, whereas uh, in the future, a theme will be able to say, okay, I'm going to publish a reusable block as part of my theme that puts these features in the right place that fits with this theme. And so we're actually going to be able to sort of like do a lot of extra design work for you that actually makes it easier to have a good looking site rather than harder. Totally get it, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that Gutenberg's a bad thing. Right? I think these are all this is all good progress, right? Um, you just want to be careful when you have um, design tools in the hands of non-designers. Totally. Um, actually, to to kind of go off of that, uh, not sure if you all have had a chance to see it or not, uh, but um, Mel uh, Choice gave a really great talk at LoopConf. I'll make sure it finds its way into the show notes uh, about. Uh, kind of uh, the customizer in a post Gutenberg world, making sure uh -huh. that your site looks good. Um, you know what they're working on um, as far as the customizer goes in uh, a time after Gutenberg. Uh, you know, and and working up to it in into when Gutenberg actually ships in core. Um, it was it's really insightful. It's it's really interesting, and it's um, it's worth the forty five minutes of your time to to watch it or what. Uh, 22 if you watched it 2x. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I looking at looking at how the editing um, interface within WordPress, like the the classic you know editor as it as it will be um, called, I guess would be using having people use meta boxes as a way to kind of construct various spots within a page is not the way to go. Like we don't want to have like this very restrictive. <laughs> Like here's a bunch of boxes to fill in. I know Steve, but you know, have all these boxes to fill in. Just it's, mm, you, it's hard. you you clearly don't use meta boxes enough, or or you would know that like it's actually kind of a saving grace to know that everything can be in like this little thing that's in like a jQuery drop down. Like it is so nice compared to like searching through content and finding short codes. Forget that, man. Like yeah. Yeah. and and actually, Jason, that's that's actually how we build a lot of our tools for our clients. Uh, but we use ACF so that we can ACF Pro. So that so that we can hide things away when they're not necessary. It's got nice conditional logic. So you're not presented with this long form. You're only presented with the fields that you need. You know, so we take but that into account when we're building those those meta box tools. Yeah, and I, the reason why I brought that up is because the fact that what Cosper was saying in that having these boxes that are kind of pre-designed, pre-built, you know, instead of instead of playing the game mash or playing, you know, playing like, you know, one of those, you know, kind of filling in the little boxes, you don't have to do that. You can actually just say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> instead of doing all of that, you or or Mad Libs if if you want to go that route. Um, instead of having to do those sorts of things, you can say like, look, here's our little game of Mad Libs. We need you to fill in four different boxes in here. And then feel free to put that box either above or below the next one. And then you can kind of build out these blocks to make them look the way that they need to be. In but I think I mean, what you're going to end up having to do, Steve, is something like that if you really want to embrace the Gutenberg uh, way of doing things. Don't I, tell love me that you, I love that you just explained <laughs> 
I love that you just explained it like a Mad Lib. Fill this out, and then you can just put it on the board wherever you want. Like, like that was amazing, man. I'm like bowing over here. Don't don't give it to my kid, my kids, because every box is going to be filled in with heart. <laughs> I, I actually did a bunch of research recently on how people use short codes just by like you know looking through all the content that that we have, and um, I found a couple of really interesting things just in in terms of like site success and short codes. So like people who use short codes uh, on a sort of a regular basis tend to be much more successful WordPress users. Like it's a little it's a little hard to know the exact causality, but basically like if you know how to use a video short code or a contact form short code or a WooCommerce product short code or whatever, you're like dramatically more likely to stick with WordPress. Um, and and the other thing I noticed, and it's sort of and because right, like your site is more successful, it's richer, it's whatever. But the other thing I discovered was that um, the short codes that people use by far the most are the ones that for one reason or another are sort of discoverable. So we're like, oh, like tons of people are using like the contact form short code, um, but not this other like equally useful one, like what's going on there? And it's because the contact form short code had a button that we put in the editor, right? right? Yeah. And so that for one thing is like a big booster to sort of this Gutenberg idea of making all these features kind of discoverable, right? Like discovering the blocks in these different tabs and here's my frequently used blocks and here's my layout blocks versus my media blocks or whatever. Um, and what was the other thing? Um, yeah, so it was sort of discoverability. Oh, and, and also like, um, the most common blocks that we used are sort of like media embedding, which is no surprise, right? Like videos and galleries and that sort of stuff. The second most popular blocks is layout blocks, right? So all these different um, block building kind of uh, things that exist already that they sort of inject lots of different layouts. So now that Gutenberg is bringing sort of this layout stuff to the fore, we have much better discoverability, like, and so that's going to make people more successful, much more flexible layout, and, and all these things. So it's it's sort of, and these result in more successful sites and people sticking with WordPress. So all of that stuff that I was just doing, really just sort of out of interest to see, like, okay, which of our short codes are people really engaging with, led me to all these conclusions, like, oh, like Gutenberg's definitely going to increase success on WordPress. I mean, are short codes even going to be necessary after Gutenberg with everything becoming a block? Like at right. that point, well, add yeah. the contact form block, add the whatever block. Exactly. Uh, at, at some point, uh, blocks or uh, short codes are just going to become um, kind of the, the legacy thing that we still support. Totally. Like so the, blocks are, the blocks are the new short codes. It's just a way yeah. that you embed one feature into another. It's like a way that you embed something that WordPress does into a page, whether it's a tweet or a video or a uh, two-column layout or anything. Like all the short codes, you know, can and, and should be turned into Gutenberg blocks. We're we're but switching over to long codes. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Steve, because like the the short code idea, even though you're calling it a we call it a short code, the number of parameters that are involved in this, like if you were to like if you were to try to build a whole new page using short codes in Visual Composer, you know you would have to copy and paste all of those you know all of those short codes that are being used in something like that to be able to construct a page. And at this point, you you could essentially say that this yeah. is almost like using MySpace to like build out your site by copying a bunch of code that people have used to kind of make that it was low, bro. That was low. Like you don't remember all of the the <laughs> arcane little options for every short code. Oh, well, man. yeah, you have to make you know a column and another column, and then you have to you end up mm -hmm. with short codes and short codes that are making short codes that then have like nine different parameters that are tied to it. 
Yo, dog, I heard you like shark heads. So, so the, the reason why I bring this up is because of the fact that to build out a replacement for short codes using um, using Gutenberg is that you're going to essentially have to make a box for somebody to fill in something for every single different option that you normally would with a short code. So it's really easy to just put like all your short code logic on a page and say, here's my documentation, this parameter, this parameter, this parameter, this parameter, and you figure out which ones you want to use and put in, you know, either true or false values or text or something like that. But, you know, on the Gutenberg side of things, you're going to have to write code that supports every single one of those parameters to be able to fill that in. It could be color, so now you have a color picker you got to throw in there. It could be a date, so now you have to put a date picker in there. It could be all sorts of different things like that. So yeah, I mean, and, and and that's like my biggest fear is like you do that and then like like we see that with Visual Composer and Beaver Builder where like your custom thing it takes like a minute for that thing to render because it's got to process all that stuff. Like that's what I'm worried about slowing down the like with the back end. But, I, I will I will say like uh, just just having done some research into like site rendering performance, um, like rendering the HTML, which you know often you can cache HTML anyway, right? But like rendering the HTML and even delivering the HTML to the to the browser is like way less than one percent of the time it takes to load a page. Far less than one percent. Like people who obsess over like the number of database queries it takes to like render a page or the amount of processing power are like basically splitting hairs, like by far and away the most, the, the biggest thing that slows stuff down is like the bulk of assets, how the assets are encoded, and then like the order in which they're injected into the page. Like everything else is just doesn't matter. Of Even course, the size of, of the HTML that comes out, it's like you could have the biggest page in the world and it's going to be like what? It's going to be like 200 kilobytes and then your assets might be five megabytes. Yeah, and once all that data is prepped, it's then pushed to the client, and then JavaScript has to sit there and do its thing. And at that point, you know, not to say that we're, um, you know, mining Bitcoin off of JavaScript or anything, but it, it could get to that point where you know it's got to sit there and wait a couple of minutes for all that I, stuff to get rendered out. I actually just built that plugin for Plugin Palooza. It's called Gutenberg Bitcoin Mining for for Gutenberg. <laughs> <editor>. <laughs> Sweet. You put the word blockchain in there because you'll win if you use the word blockchain. Uh, ah, ah, <laughs> blockchain. Synergy as well. Synergy. <laughs> no, I, I get I get what you're saying, Dan. I, I'm I'm really curious to see how this all this works, especially when it comes to like mobile devices. You know, yeah, we still cannot write a blog post using Beaver Builder or or Gutenberg on a phone. Like that's that's something it, that it, can't happen. Yeah, this thing is, is with impossible. me all the time. And I would love to use this thing to actually write some content and, yeah. and actually make it wait, wait. God, if I, I, had a, I, I have a, a very close friend of mine um, who uh, just spent two months backpacking through New Zealand. Um, really, um, and, and basically the entire way was um, trying, attempting to uh, write blog posts about his, his travels. Um, he could not get down with either um, the the mobile interface, just the the web interface, uh, or um, the the WordPress app. Like he just wasn't really feeling it. He ended up writing his posts in day one, I think, and importing them over, uh, which had their own like bugs and issues and everything else. Um, definitely, um, the the mobile. Like the the mobile user experience could be just tons better, and mm -hmm. and I think that's one of those things that 
um, will really help push uh, WordPress adoption. Like we're, we're talking about the the push to to thirty percent to forty percent. Uh, I think that um, that's one of the things we need to let people create content like wherever they are and where most people are nowadays is their phone. So, yeah. so, so what what I do is I actually have um, like a Bluetooth speaker or I plug in and then I just use Google Keep. That way, um, like I. I don't have to use data, but I can still store the note on my phone. And then when I get to Wi-Fi, then it will push up to Google Keep. And then I can copy that over to WordPress. And then uh, there's no markup from Google Keep. So that's all my blog content there. Like once I have the meat of the post, then I go in and just add my little short codes real quick, like, like inside of that. But doing all that on a mobile phone is easier, except trying to add like a gravity form short code or something like that, because like that that interface still is a little janky. But like for the most part, is that a I have been doing janky is a, is a technical term. It comes from mm -hmm. JavaScript and finding it. No, um, so it, it's just it's one of those things, Jason, where like it's very possible to do it. Just like the hardest part is like these little short codes. But that's all. That all can be done by you know, like doing a quick edit on a on a desktop. And I know you're in front of your desktop some point during the day, yeah. <laughs> or you can send an email. I, I absolutely am. Uh, but my my wife, who has a laptop, it is sitting on my desk. It has been sitting on my desk for uh, the better part of three weeks now. Um, she doesn't use her laptop and yet she has a, a blog and, and tries to write for it, but just finds that, I mean, you, you do all that with Google keep, you shouldn't have to do that. You should actually have a, well, a native well, app that. No, no, no. I do. I just, I don't want to use the data. Like when I'm sure. out and like, I'm going to be blogging, like why I take like a five mile walk. I don't want to be using right. the data. So I use Google keep cause it'll store it locally on my phone. But like when when I'm at home, like like watching the baby, and I'm blogging, I do open the WordPress app and connect to my site, and I do do that. Mm. You know, this but is... like I I usually use Google Keep just because it's easier to translate and it's a little quicker than the WordPress app. And post by email is not the answer for this. Like, yes, you can post by email. Like your friend could have used post by email to just throw that in there, but a misspelling, the wrong photo gets posted in there. There's all sorts of things that can the... happen. Well, then, not only that, but but like you have to learn how to communicate with the device. So so um like there's a difference between the words R, like O U R and R like A R E and, and like a like, pirate going R. Oh definitely. <laughs> but, but 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 so like like I have learned over the last year just like I, when I'm talking to my phone, I know certain words and like I can just slow down to say specific things. Like, like that's kind of an example, but then right. the phone picks it up and then it makes editing so much easier. This is one of, one of the reasons why I think like we, we need to eventually push towards getting uh, progressive web app technologies and service workers and stuff into core because like basically the only way you can provide a good offline uh, posting experience that is like native to WordPress is to use progressive web apps and like all of the caching and kind of like offline support and, um, yeah, like all of the local data support that, that it has. And like, when you look at, you know, I, I'm much less worried about like WordPress becoming 30, 40, 50% of the web, which is all an admirable goal than I am about like the number of people who uh, avoid the web entirely, who are just, you know, most of the world uses a sub $200 mobile phone as their primary way of accessing the internet. And they're all paying metered charges for access to the internet. And they're frequently offline or they're on slow networks. And if we don't have, an answer for those people, they will not even use the web, never mind WordPress. 
They like they will not use the web. It's just another app on their phone, and it's slow, and it costs them a lot of money. And they're going to stick with WhatsApp, and they're going to live completely inside that universe, where it's like a super mobile friendly experience, and you can get your business online, and you can get customers, and you can make sales without ever using the web. And that scares the heck out of me, like both as a WordPress person, but also as like a human being who cares about the freedom to publish and not being beholden to these corporate entities who have to like make major concessions to whatever the government of the area is to kind of be able to operate there with their with their closed network. Um, that's a little bit of a rant, but uh, it's been but on my mind a lot. Luckily, it's, there's it's a consistency of... in, in, on the phones, though. There's consistency yeah. here. You know, we have Android. We have iPhone. Oh, we have this shape. We have this shape. We have this shape. We have this shape. We have various yeah. versions of Android. I mean, it, yeah, that, that trying to get a good, a, a good consistent um, thing to look at and say, okay, I can write this blog post using this type of mm-hmm. you know, technology and get it posted in there in a load bandwidth environment and not yeah. making it so that, uh, you know, you can still do edits. You can still do all those sorts of things. Yeah, um, it actually, Dan Dan completely locked in to what I was getting at with the the you shouldn't have to is, is having a progressive web app, having um, the the structure for uh, progressive web apps, having having that uh, built into core is absolutely somewhere I I see us needing to go mm. to again uh, push towards Matt's um, like you know world domination goal effectively. <laughs> And did you see actually Weston um, Ruta from XWP opened some issues on core to add PWA support, so service worker support and web manifest support? Wow, um, absolutely. So I, I, I mean, might actually end up using my web manifest implementation from Jetpack since it already exists. Um, but but then um, get, getting the getting the service worker support in is going to be tricky because of the way that service workers you have one JavaScript file that controls all the service worker functionality for a given sort of domain and path. And so um, you have to do some pretty careful integration of like plugins injecting JavaScript into this one big file. So speaking of XWP really quick, I want to give a shout out to Leo Postavoit who spoke at Word, uh, at our meetup on Monday. Uh, scared us all to death because he spent two hours talking about GDPR. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to drop GDPR at the last five minutes of yeah, the episode? We'll That's awesome. Week. We can talk about it next week, but uh, I went home and, and really didn't sleep much because I, I felt like I've got a lot of work ahead of me uh, with all the websites that we maintain. Steve I, I, totally just clickbaited this this thing. It, it, it's, I did. It's like, it, it's like I did. number seven GDPR will blow your mind. <laughs> I, I will say one thing about GDPR, which is like it, it, that, that Facebook scandal with like uh, Cambridge Analytica and all the data getting out there and how, you know, Facebook kind of... Uh, the breach and I, I just the used the breach, which was like it's like a breach <laughs> by design. It's like oh, it's yes. not a it's not a bug. It's a feature. We just like exactly. leak data everywhere. It's, I mean, it, it it really makes me much more sympathetic to the GDPR kind of idea of like um, people need to have some control over their data, and we as technologists know how hard it is to kind of control data once it's been copied from one place to another, but somewhere out there is a solution to this that like um, gives people kind of individual agency over how their data is used because now we know what a problem it can be when it's abused but yes jason i am i am teeing this up for next week because i think we need to talk about this topic so now what we need to do let's is have leo on who who are our ex- experts of that field that we need to have um come on so yeah definitely somebody like leo or yeah, leo. let's have leo on so, let's have leo on so he can scare us all to death <laughs> I, 
I heard the WikiLeaks guys is available to do the podcast. <laughs> Julian, Julian Assange? No, no, Assange. Didn't, they, didn't they cut his internet off? Yeah they, yeah, they did. They turned his internet off again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but all this stuff via email right now. <laughs> I was going to say he's not using Gutenberg. That's for damn sure. Because like, <laughs> you can't post by email. Got it. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's what I guess that's our, topic. that's our topic for next week. Then uh, we we have now uh, totally broken the whole idea of not having a topic before the show, and now we're uh, we're definitely making that happen. It's a new year, you know. It's this a is a, it's a 2018 uh, water cooler. <laughs> Would change everything up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that that's that's a show. That's a show. So thank you very much for hanging out with us and talking with us about. Damn, we talked about Gutenberg for an entire half an hour. That's awesome. We did. We talked about mobile. To, yeah, we talked about mobile too. Go over to our website at wpwatercooler.com. You can click on the link search subscribe. If you want to subscribe, wpwatercooler.com slash subscribe is where you can do all those sorts of things. And if you have a topic idea, send an email to topics at wpwatercooler.com and we'd be sure to uh, GDPR. that thing. Yes, <laughs> that thing here on the show. I want to say thank you very much for Dan, Jason, Russ, Steve, and myself for coming on the show and talking. And we shall talk to you all later. Jason just Jason just thanked himself. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> y'all later. Bye bye.